0: Hi
1: everyone, I'm M, And I'm also M. JK, it's Liv. You were
0: fooled, bamboozled. We're your meta psychics. Well, we have another special guest that we've had on the show before. It's Liv's mom. Yay! We don't have that button yet. <laughs> you, get, you get to deal with me. And we're going to do another paranormal stories of a medium. And Liv's mom is going to tell us her stories. Hopefully she tells us a spooky story. Poopy. Spoopy.
1: Say hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. She's uh eating chocolate. We got chocolate. And if you didn't hear the last podcast, she's like, I'm only going to do it if you give me chocolate. So she does have chocolate. Did
2: I really say that. Yeah, let, let the people know what you're eating so we can have sponsors. I have some Trobalone here. There's not much left, but I'm going to eat it, more than likely. And some little Reese's minis. And they're unwrapped, which is fabulous because you can just pop them in your face. Yeah, Reese's, did you hear that? <laughs> sponsorships <laughs> and trobelone
1: yeah unsung hero nobody really knows what trobelone is emily's like what is this triangular stick of chocolate that you're bringing to my house and and brought to you by the washdown down
2: properties of propel see
1: we're already ready for sponsors free advertising yep okay so my mom has some more spooky stories she's gonna talk about what the barn that we used to ride at first
0: Yes. Yeah, let's go for it. We used to ride at a very old barn, and it was haunted. And when we say ride, we used to be horse girls. <laughs> Are we not horse girls anymore? Well, I don't have a horse anymore, so... Have you touched a pony in the last month? Yes. I've touched them, but I have not ridden them. She's petted a foal.
2: my foal. <laughs> Little Miss Timber. The cutest
0: creature. Okay, so Emma and I used to ride at this
1: place that was super old, as she already said. And this was... I don't know, how old was I, Mom, like 12, 13,
0: 14? Oh, you were a young one. Whoa. You were already like
2: you were already like in in middle in, um, high school because you missed the middle school category. Oh, okay, so like 15? Mm-hmm. 14 or 15, you were a freshman in high school. And this particular facility used to be a, well, it's on a piece of property. It's like encompasses almost 2,000 acres, which in the area where we are at is massive for that area. It's been very modernized, but it's in the middle of the city. But like I said, there's just 2,000 acres, and this this facility used to be a carriage house, and it was owned by very wealthy people. And this little area where they kept the horses for the carriages. So we're going back like to the I want to say the 1840s, 1860s is when the people that I had spoke to that had passed away were workers there. There was a setup where the barn was like a big circle, so there was actually like a courtyard if you will, in the middle, still had the original brick. Very cool. And the outside surrounding areas had the stalls, the grain. So you would basically pull the carriages in this circular area. And in the middle was, gosh, I want to say it was probably 150 foot by 150 foot. It was a, it was a good sized area. You could park probably five or six cars in there comfortably. So these carriage, carriages would come in and they would pull them into what was a tack room. So when you guys were there, that tack room was actually open. They had enclosed it, and the carriages would go right in there. They would park the carriages. They would back them in, unhitch the horses, and then take the horses over to the stable area and put the horses in the stable. So everything was kind of right there. So a lot of you guys, the girls that were there, the students would always talk about seeing things, hearing things, especially up in that hayloft, remember?
1: Well, so the barn was like a square. But as Mom said, the middle of it was cut out. So it was a courtyard area where the carriages used to come in and out. And on the front and backhand sides, there was two big open doors where people would pull through the carriages so I mean I worked there for a summer and interned with our riding instructor and the barn staff so we'd always have like weird things that would happen but even before I interned at the barn I remember telling my mom one night because I would have to have uh, lessons in the evenings after school and after she'd come home from work I would say mom I feel like someone's staring at me when I go into the courtyard to put my tack away And if you were in the courtyard, there was doors. So there was the stalls and then the tack area where Mom said used to be where people would park the carriages. But there were doors on the second
2: floor of the barn area. Big square doors. But it was open underneath. And that's where the carriages would come through. There was two exits. There was an entrance and exit. So if you came in the one side, you could just loop right through and go back out again. And it was on that that area above that exit area that there was a second floor and there was huge doors that would push to the side and here, one of the girls that taught there was one of the main trainers she said, you come in here and you talk to these people because there's people here and they're sc- scaring all the girls. And what do they want? And what's going on? Everybody knows this place is haunted. And I'm like, oh, for crying out loud. Just another example of someone being upset that there's ghosts in their space. <laughs> it's a reoccurring theme. And that they think that, there's, that they're there for you know for evil or for bad reasons. And that's not the case more often than not. It's just a case of being misunderstood of why they're there and why they're being held here. So... I was there the one night, and it's usually at night. So of course, you know the whole "ooh, let's go at night and see if there's spooky things there." Of course, because they're not there during the day. Of course, yes, they are. Anyway, we went there, and I was in this courtyard, and there was this man that I could feel very strong presence. Um, I want to say he was about five foot nine, maybe five foot ten. He was real heavy set. Um, You know the typical middle aged belly going on. And in overalls, and he was just an old school farm worker. And just by the way his clothes were woven and put together, the types of buttons he has, it's really easy as a medium sometimes to kind of figure out, you know, what period or time frame people are from. And they're very good at showing you what their clothing is. It's very interesting as, as a medium. I always have people like I had a woman. like the 1840s, 1850s, she made a point of pulling up her dress, which you would never do in those days, and showing me the shoes and the types of shoes she had out and how they were put together with little tiny buttons all the way up the side, which gave me an idea of the period that she was from. So this guy did the same thing. And he showed me the type of hat he was wearing. So I had a pretty good idea like 1840s, 1850s in that time frame. And he was older at that point, too. He was probably in his 50s, 40s or 50s. Anyway, he worked there. And he took care of all these horses, and those doors that were above was where people would see him. And here's why: so the courtyard setup that we're describing is extremely important to know. It was a perfect square, went all the way around four corners, but those two sides were open next to each other, catty corner, and the other two sides were enclosed. The two sides that were open, the one side dropped off, not too far off, maybe a hundred feet, and it went down a, like a hillside. It was like a, it was like a knoll or a valley. And back in those days, as now, but even more so back then, there was horse thieves. And this was a facility that had money. They had nice horses. They had beautiful carriages. They would lock them up away at night and store them inside. The horses were very well pampered and taken care of. I mean, these, the, the um, stables that this place had, had, you know, cobblestone floors and very strong walls. And it was very, it was, it was a, quite the fortress as far as barns and, and stable areas go. And this man's job was not only to take care of the carriages and clean them and take care of the horses and feed them, but he was also a protector. He was kind of the security system. And so the best way for him to hide was up in the second floor of what Lo- of what Liv was explaining, which was what was the grain room. Who's going to hide in a grain room? Nobody. So
0: when he was alive, he did that? Yes. Yeah,
2: right. He would sit in that door, in that grain room, and the door was probably six foot by four foot, six foot by five foot, on the second floor, and it was just like a little, like, area on the second floor above this cobblestone courtyard. And so if anybody would come up and they did, and he made it very clear by telling me that they would come up through that knoll and traipse through the woods because that was the best way and then you would come in take a horse and you could take it right out the doors and you'd be on the main road you could hop on and just be gone in a second and so this old man knew that so he would sit up in that grain room and if somebody came in he'd shoot at him he made it very clear to me I mean he showed me he had several pistols and if one got jammed he had one that was a little bit older and one that was a little bit better but he, that's what he could afford um, but he had no problem putting a bullet in the side of someone's head and he was a pretty good shot if they even thought he wouldn't ask him any questions as far as he was concerned you're on my property, you got my property, you got. to go boom and he was very um, protective
1: well i always felt too when i would go out into the the courtyard area to put things away at night i always felt like someone was watching me Mm -hmm. and i always felt like there was that one guy that you're talking about but there was two other guys that worked with him too that would sit up there with him yeah did
2: you ever think that there was like two other people up there too i always felt like there was at least three or four but he was kind of the ringleader, for lack of a better word. But he he was a very sweet man. He loved the horses, and he was very loyal to the people that he worked for. They were very prominent. They were very well-known, and he felt very privileged to be hired by them and trusted by them to be working there. So this particular facility used to have kids in it all the time, and then the owner's wife had passed away. And right before she passed away and their kids had already grown, she requested that the owner at that time somehow some way find to get kids back in the in the barns and you know have laughter and and good stuff and good times and when that happened this guy was thrilled and that's when he kind of came back I don't want to say that he you know that spirits leave or come back or whatever but they can kind of do what they want and go where they want and a lot of people oh well that spirit or that ghost is earthbound that's not true I don't really believe in earthbound per se I believe that they feel like they have a purpose and they they take that purpose on. Just like the lady at your school. And, you know, she had a purpose, and she was pretty adamant about that. It really didn't serve anybody else. It just served her because she was a little self-centered. But to her, that was a purpose, and that was a reason to pop in every so often and let people know why she was there. Not so much that she was earthbound, but that she felt she had a job.
1: Yeah. Just because a spirit's there doesn't mean that they're there to hurt you or they want something or anything like that. This guy was used to protecting this barn and once children came back to it he felt like he needed to be the protector again because when I would walk out into that courtyard yes it was unsettling because I felt like someone was
2: watching me. You could feel the presence for sure.
1: Yeah but it's not a malicious presence it's just like he's doing exactly what he did while he was here and he takes his job seriously so he's there to help in
2: any way that he can and that's how he feels that he helps. Being useful. Yeah and and in you know, a lot of these girls, and just because you and I were mediums and we felt it, everybody did. Did you feel it when you were there, Emily? Or um, not particularly?
0: Well, not particularly, but I did feel like it was a good presence there. It wasn't like scary to be there.
2: Yeah, it was just like a heaviness, but it wasn't like scary. Like you said, you know, it didn't make you feel creeped out or anything like that. But a lot of the people that come in and stay here, they really do. They have a purpose, and they're just trying to explain themselves. And I always feel like. One of my purposes as a medium is to help them get their messages across. And that's where the word medium comes in. We're in the middle. You know, we're the messenger between one realm and another realm. You know, one presence versus another. You know, we're in a a physical form. They're no longer in the physical form. But like we've discussed earlier, energy is energy. It's neither created nor destroyed. It just is. And so if people can wrap their head around that, then it starts to kind of make sense a little bit. So then there's another ghost that also
1: is in the barn. So we have the watchers who are up in the grain and hayloft. But when I was at the barn interning during the summer, I would get there at like five o'clock in the morning. I probably wouldn't leave until six or eight o'clock at night, depending on what we were doing. But the main person that I worked with was the barn manager. And she was hilarious. And she also had this really cute little dog named Beezy, And Beezy used to go up into the hayloft. And mind you, this this barn was so old that you would go up into the hayloft and you could see the beams that it was made out of. And they were literally just giant Lincoln logs. They were
2: huge. They, they were big, hand hewn beams. They were probably three foot by three foot uh-huh. I mean, massive support beams. Huge. huge. Looked yeah.
1: like actual real life Lincoln logs. And the hayloft was huge. But BZ would go upstairs with the barn owner's other dog, Max, and Max was a German shepherd and Beezy was just a cute little black mutt. She was adorable. They would go upstairs and play with each other, w- like play fetch and whatever, because it was fun. There was hay to jump over. There was long stretches to go back and forth because it was just one big long line. It, I mean, it was easy 3,000 square feet. Huh? Or just hayloft. Flat hayloft, yeah. So we would be cleaning stalls in the morning and Beezy and Max would come outside with us and help us, but they would scratch at the door because they'd want to go upstairs we're like, okay, fine. So we would open the door for them in the mornings and you'd hear them running back and forth, back and, and forth. And the ceiling was got, had to be 30 feet. Oh, yeah. Easy. Huge. So the dogs, Huge. you could hear them as we were in the <laughs> barn cleaning stalls, running back and forth, playing, yipping, barking, whatever. Well, they would come down with tennis balls. And you would hear the tennis balls bouncing off the floors and bouncing off the walls. The first time they came down with the tennis ball, I was like, I talked to the barn manager and I said, hey, did you give the dogs a tennis ball? I don't remember them having a tennis ball. She would take her pitchfork and start banging on the walls and go, <laughs> see Esther, doing... you bitch, <laughs> Esther. Why, the f- why the fuck are you doing this shit again? She's like, I took your tennis balls away. Quit taking them back. The dogs don't need the goddamn tennis balls in the hayloft.
0: The ghost was playing fetch with them? Yes. yes. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: But the barn manager named the ghost Esther because she kind of had like a female presence, honestly. But Esther's like the oldish old name lady that we could possibly come up with. And I can tell you for a fact that it was not the people in the carriage house that were playing with the dogs. It was some sort of woman spirit that was in the hayloft that would play with BZ and Max. And we would make sure that there was no tennis balls upstairs. And then they would come down with two tennis balls after we got done yelling at her. (laughs) Like the next day, literally, they would come down with two tennis balls. And it was like as if Esther was saying, ha ha, I got two this time.
2: Can't do nothing about it.
0: Well, that's why they want to go upstairs. Yeah, because the ghost is playing fetch
2: with them. (laughs) And what's so cool is dogs, as we talked about earlier about ego and, you know, you're controlling your ego when you have this kind of a gift and stuff. Dogs don't have an ego. I mean, you can have a dog, you know chase another dog bite him in the butt smack him in the head steal their toy and two seconds later they're playing and they're fine they're laying next to each other and they're sharing a water bowl or whatever so dogs have no ego so they just when they see or hear feel presences like that they just accept it as usual and and go about their business and their day and they don't have an issue with it now some dogs and people have even said you know my house is haunted because my dog growls at a particular wall or my dog you know I can just tell that there's somebody in the room because my dog, the way my dog's acting. And that's very true. They do see it. They do sense it because they don't have that ego in the way. So they don't question it. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to bark at this person. I'm going to growl at this person because they're not supposed to be here. But we don't necessarily see it. But that energy is there. Mm-hmm. Energy is there. Anyone who's ever walked in their house, and their dog's already waiting on the couch for them. They just know. They just know it's there. And they don't they don't question it I like think, we do. I think Esther was probably my favorite. Cause sometimes I would just have
1: like a shitty day or it was really hard or whatever. And the bar manager and I would just talk to
2: Esther mm-hmm. like crazy people, but it was cute because she would always just play with BZ and Max. <laughs> I just like, I mean, I just, I, I mean, like I said, I feel like as mediums we're here to help get messages across from spirits that just feel like they have to say something or clear something up or help somebody with something or explain something to somebody. And I think one of the perfect things for that is a reading that I got invited to years ago and I had somebody call me and say hey I got your number from somebody and I've got this you know thing living in my house and I was like oh good lord thing like a possum (laughs) a large spider a pigeon got stuck in the flu a dementor (laughs) from Harry
0: Potter (laughs) (laughs) you know the usual stuff
2: yeah, right? You know, Hagrid's living in the, you know, in the in the garage. You got Fluffy in the basement. Oh my right. God.
0: <laughs> Protecting some weird stone. <laughs> <laughs> you worry me sometimes. <laughs> I love I'm Harry showing Potter. her age. I see, right? <laughs> Whoa, <Well, laughs> I was brainwashed as a millennial.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's what his parents did to y'all. He used to know it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were brainwashed by SpongeBob and Harry Potter. You're welcome. Oh gosh, and don't. Pokemon. Don't Naruto. Forget.
2: Don't forget Barney. That was not allowed in my house. My daughter can testify for that.
0: No, Barney just gave us all PTSD. He wasn't allowed in my house. (laughs) Right? I don't remember watching Barney. We watched
1: like Winnie the Pooh and like Babar. Wholesome stuff. The turtle.
2: Child.
0: PTSD.
1: Uh, oh, go Franklin. on.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, Franklin. Franklin. All right. So anyway, um, she wanted me to come to quote clean her house of this entity that she yes has there. spooky stuff. I know Em's all like jacked up now. <laughs> it's not because of the trouble alone or the Reese's peanut butter cups in an unwrapped be. form that she can wash down with the Propel.
0: <laughs> plug plug re advertising. <laughs>
2: Stop putting things on the table. I can hear it. Sorry. <laughs> so. Anyway, I, I told her, I said, listen, I don't clean houses. I don't do that kind of thing. And she said, well, this person is really mean and really nasty and we're really scared. Me and my daughters are freaking out. And I'm like, yeah, so not going to your house. Yeah, and
1: it's like uh, maybe because you're mean and nasty and your kids need to calm the fuck down.
2: Possibly. You know, she was actually a very nice, very quiet lady. And I just I made it very clear to her, no, I do not do that. She goes, I'll pay you whatever you want. And I'm like, no. She goes, well, I know what your fee is and I'm willing to triple that. It's so, like flat out. She said, I'm willing to triple your fee. I said, I don't care if you...
0: I'm not willing to get paid to have this thing follow me around throughout the rest Exactly, of my life. <laughs> exactly.
2: I just don't like, I don't even like scary movies. I don't like scary stuff. And, you know, it's funny because um, someone that used to be in my life said to me, he goes, What do you mean you don't like scary stuff? Because he, he would watch a scary movie or something. I'm like, Turn that off. I can hear it from the other room. I can't. I, I've gotten up and walked out of movie theaters because I could hear the Texas Chainsaw Massacre going on in the movie theater next door. And he's like, You're a medium. I said, So he's like, You talk to dead people. I said, yeah, but they're dead. That doesn't scare me.
0: Yeah, and they're people.
2: <laughs> right. I already know they're dead and I can talk to them. The people that are mean that I can't talk to that are still alive, that's some scary fucking shit. I'm not dealing with it. Thanks. No, bye. So she's like, well, I need someone to clean my house. Do you know anybody? I said, no, I don't talk to those people either.
0: <laughs> she's I would like, be like, what? just leave your house, sell it.
2: <laughs> right. So I would say about two years went by. And I was in school at that time, at at that point in my life. And I was doing a clinical rotation. And this woman comes up to me. She goes, I think I know you. I'm like, you do? She goes, yeah. She goes, aren't you a medium? Listen, long story short, she invited me to her house for a reading with multiple people. Do you do parties? I said, yes, I do. How many people? Blah, blah, blah. And so she said, well, if you could come early. She goes, if you could just read me by myself before everybody gets there. I said, that's actually what I usually do. So... Get to her house. By the way, this was a absolutely beautiful house. Olivia knows I love old houses. They always are. I'm literally oh, going to be that person. I'm addicted to old houses. It's an old house that's haunted, that haunted. as oh, fuck that'd just be great because for it's for content. Great for content. Oh, God. It's all about content. Get an old house. Go porn. and we'll have good content. It's okay. We'll figure it out.
0: <laughs> Plus, also, it's really pretty, so it'll be real good to have some pretty backdrops. Only if you live with me. I'll live next to you. We yeah.
1: have, we've already decided that M has a boyfriend, I have a fiance. Em and I are actually going to live in a house together, <laughs> and then the boys are going to live in their own house together.
2: As your mother, I'm approving of that. I just <laughs> like to state that separate everything.
0: Yeah, and your pro- property is going to harvest the ducks that I have and the horse. Harvest or harbor? Something like that. Okay, yeah. Harvesting <laughs> is <laughs> a little be different. in the area. <laughs> They're gonna like, be there.
1: She literally told me on last the hardwood week floor that she wants to have ducks, but they're gonna live where I live.
0: <laughs> yeah, they nice. can't live in my city house.
1: No, they can.
0: They'll watch the planes go over over the house. What in my bathtub? They lo- yeah,
1: it doesn't matter. In, yeah, Just no, it's they're gonna be pool. on your
0: huge property with your horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have
2: to make money first for that to happen.
0: Oh, it'll happen.
2: Hang on, I need to get a drink from my Popeye bottle sitting next to me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that you can slam on the table. <laughs> <laughs> <Again>? Sorry. what <Sorry.
2: laughs> What were you talking about? Oh, Pretty House. Sorry. Tangents. Yeah, so Pretty House. So, this was a 6,000 square foot mansion.
0: Yeah, do that. We want that as your house. And it has Jesus,
2: 6,000 square feet. I didn't tell you that. Yeah, and it had a 3,000 square foot carriage house, two story. Oh, that's where you're going to live. on the you back where the boys are going to live. And <laughs> right behind the house, it looked like a garage, but it was massive. This house was so beautiful. Huge wraparound front porch. The downstairs had 18-foot ceilings. The upstairs second floor had 15-foot ceilings. If you can even imagine that, this was a grand old house. It was a dark um, burgundy with dark hunter green accents and gold trim. It was just beautiful. I mean, from the street, you're just like, wow. I pulled in. I'm like, this is awesome. I want her to show me every orifice and corner of this home because it's so beautiful so went into this house and i came in the front part of the house the door kind of came from the side did a
0: butler in spirit <laughs> greet you
2: no he did not it was sadly enough
0: that is very disappointing
2: had he though i would have named him like pierre or jacques or something
0: <laughs> he has a
1: name <laughs> emily has a guard cactus Dave butler oh, that's right he's, he's in the almost corner. as tall
2: as i am yeah the big tall guy in the corner but he's not a guy. He's a cactus. But he could be a guy. No, he's a guy. Has he talked to you? Yeah. Oh, shoot. He now wants he's talking. to be fertilized. Stop.
0: stop. <laughs> now I'm talking. Wait, you're talking to my right cactus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Does your dog bark at him? No.
0: But she was barking outside today. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. Maybe. Not at him, but outside. He's in the He port. does not
2: like jelly beans.
0: Well, he's away from jelly
2: She's Jellybean.
0: too noisy. I t- well, okay, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> is accurate. she a
2: little spastic?
0: Fuck yeah! He hates She's that. He's a corgi.
2: He's very calm. He's like whatever.
0: Yeah. He if he was in born the in the '60s, he would have been a total Away stoner. From He'd her. have hung out with
2: Joe, with Jim Morrison, and been like, "Whatever, man." He's have got that seat. aura. I feel like he should be wearing spectacles and walking with a cane or something. Not because he needs them, just because it looks better. He wants, be <laughs> he wants to be fertilized.
0: He's hard to do anything with. Maybe you could f-
1: teach
2: Jellybean to piano. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he doesn't like jellybean. Be okay. <laughs>
2: would Be a little acidic, <laughs> okay. Sorry, butler, pretty mansion. <laughs> so, beautiful mansion. I walked in, and in front of me was this huge living room with a fireplace. I'm not joking, it was probably six foot tall, it was taller than I am, and it was probably eight foot wide. It was just took up the whole entire wall, it was all stoned, it was just beautiful. To the right of me was a room that kind of knocked out I don't know what they call those. You know what I'm saying? It like had like a bump out to it, there was like four sides to it. It was huge. Like a sunroom? Um, kind of, yeah. But it it came out probably five feet. A parlor. Yeah, it was. Well, the parlor? The parlor was actually behind me when I came into the left of me. So this huge living room. The, the moldings in this house had to be two foot. 18 inches to 24 inches. The, the molding on the floor and across the city. And this house was just, everything was just like super large. It was crazy. Now, the minute I walked in, I immediately got this. Oh shit! Feeling?
0: Why well, wasn't there? <laughs> um, as she says this with a smile on her face, I just oh, I, so excited.
2: I just got this really, um, you know when you watch scary movies and there's the bad thing or whatever it is in the closet, and they're walking towards the closet, <laughs> and as you're watching it, you go, "Don't go in the damn closet!" And then they open the door, and you're like, "No!" That's how I felt. The minute I walked in, I mean, within 30 seconds, I was like, "This is so cool!" Shit. You're like, why did I walk in here? Yeah. And I was just like, what is here? And it was just very scary. Very heavy. Very, don't open that door. And don't take another step while you're here because shit's going down. It was bad. And the presence was very, I'm going to fuck your shit up. It was bad. It was very dark. It was very sinister. Very. And so behind me, there was a sunlight coming in the room. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. And it was west light coming from the sun getting for the end of the day. And it was bright in that room. Very bright. The other one was very dark, very heavy, very thick room. I turned around. There were these double glass French pocket doors. And they were probably 12, 13, 14 feet high. They were massive. And they slid together. They were all mahogany trim. And the glass had that wave to it, you know, back from the early, mid-1800s. And she opened these doors. You know, and you're just seeing bright sunlight. I mean, super bright, almost blinding. Like, this is going to be a very warm room. You know, you automatically think that room's going to be hot. That's a hot. I said, that's a hot room, isn't it? She said, no, that's the problem. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, shit. And I said, I talked to you a couple of years ago, didn't I? And she's like, I got you, bitch. (laughs) Pretty much. And I'm like, listen. I said, you still have an entity in this house, don't you? And before she could even answer, the entity popped in and basically let me know that I was up against something pretty bad. It was very heavy, very dark. This person was so pissed off. I don't even know, there's not words for how fucking angry this person was. So it was a person? Oh yeah, it was a person. It was a man.
0: Did they live there?
2: No. He was very dangerous. Um, Why was he there? I feel like he either had or would take the lives of other people without any remorse whatsoever. None. In fact, I could hear gunshots. The minute he came out here, boom, boom. I'm like like shotgun shots. Like not like little pistol or handgun, but like I could hear the gunshots and he was so proud of himself. He was so relieved that he fired that weapon and it was just a matter of time because I was blocking his information. I'm just like, I need to get the hell out of here. I don't want to talk to this person. His energy was so strong, so angry. It was ridiculous. And this had been going on for a long, long, long time, the heaviness of it and the retribution that he felt was horrendous and Meanwhile, I'm picking up on all this. And the only thing I can do as a medium is protect myself. And, you know, when somebody goes, you know, let's say we have on a scale of five of anger and threat from somebody, this guy was pushing six. If zero is, you know, super friendly, laid back, quiet kind of person, and a five is I'm going to pull a gun out and blow your head off and I don't fucking care. This guy was pushing a six. Not kidding. And, you know, now here I am in this woman's house. Am I going to run and then this guy's going to follow me? But this I do know. All spirits that come in, they come in because they have something to tell. It could be a story. It could be a piece of information. It could be a warning sometimes. It could be all different kinds of things. My job as a medium and me being given these gifts, for whatever reason, somebody somewhere felt that. That I was capable of giving these gifts, and giving these warnings, and helping this person. It's always about helping the people. It could be the person that you're sitting with. It could be the person who's coming in to try to tell their side of something or give their story to the person who's still here. No matter what, you have a purpose for being a medium. And that's why I think a lot of people don't like mediums because they can't wrap their brain around that. And that's what it's all about. We help people. I think Olivia is starting to kind of figure that out. It's a big responsibility. And it's a huge job, and you have to have a filter because you have to try to say, you know, figure, you know, how much are you going to tell? How much do you not need to tell? How much is what's being told to you is being told to you because it's going to help you explain what's really going on, but you don't have to necessarily tell that person.
1: Yeah. Well, sometimes I do get information like that I don't want to tell. Like uh, last weekend when I was talking to a woman and her father came in and he came in mostly by himself, but halfway towards the reading, I saw almost like an outline. And usually when I see people in my my mind's eye, they're solid individuals. So this man was a solid individual, but halfway through the reading, he was holding the hand of a little girl's spirit, but she was sort of more of an apparition than a solid figure in my mind's eye. So... The woman that I was talking to, I felt like she was going to have another baby because I had already talked to about how she had a son in the world in in the physical world right now. But, you know, at some point, it's not like it. I feel like when I'm talking to somebody, especially if it's about having children, it's not my place to stay unless it's absolutely necessary. So I thought it was I said, "Well, are you thinking about having another child?" And this girl's like, "Yes." And I said, "But it's not entirely set in stone as of right now. Like something could happen, and it's you know not as it's just not you're thinking about it and you want it to happen, but it it's it could go either way. Yes. But I literally saw this free will this little girl holding this her this woman's father's hand. But again, she wasn't a solidified figure, so that's why I didn't want to say anything about it. But M literally looked at me I was like, Is there someone there that you're saying that? (laughs) So then I can't be like, No, M, I just don't mean I don't I don't know anything that I'm talking about. I'm a loser. She,
0: She was alluding to knowing about like a little spirit that was maybe attached to her. So I was like, Is there someone that you can talk to? Like is there is her baby spirit waiting around for to be born for her? And
1: I said, Do you want a girl? And this woman said, Yes. And I said, okay, well, now that Emily said something, I see that your father is holding the hand, just interfere and interrupt (laughs) is holding the hand of a little girl. But when I see spirits, they're usually solid. And this little girl is not yet a solid figure. So I don't know if she's necessarily ready to be in this world yet, or if she's, if the decision hasn't been entirely made of whether or not she's going to exist for you But I do see a little girl spirit possibly with your father. And he's so excited about you having a a child. But he's also very like, you have to be careful. This is a big decision. So, like, he still had that dad persona even though he was gone. And she just started crying. She goes, actually, I just found out that I'm pregnant. But we're waiting to tell people because I don't want to possibly lose the baby. And I don't want other people to know in case something like that happens. Do you know this girl? Not personally.
2: Because it takes a lot of finagling, and I don't know if you saw this yet, on the other side, for an entity to be allowed to tell that information and confirm it. It takes a lot. Well,
1: and that's why I thought it was interesting that halfway through the reading, I, and I had, read, I had read her mother
2: before, like 10 minutes before. I mean, to me as a medium, I always get like this big, like, sensational, like, tickle because... I feel so privileged that the powers that be, for lack of better words, are allowing these people who are now dead, they're gone, they do not live in this world anymore, to be able to give information of that magnitude. That is so life-changing. And that was confirmation for her that the pregnancy is going to be okay.
1: I hope so. But again, she wasn't a solid figure, which is why I was like, maybe that's why she isn't appearing to me as a solid figure, because... She hasn't shared the information yet. She hasn't spoken her into existence type thing.
2: And it could still be a boy or a girl. You know, it's just understand that energy is just that. It isn't necessarily male or female. We, it's given to us in that form because it's what we most appropriately identify with. That's why people are like, well, don't you get names? How come you don't get names? Fuck you. I don't get names because they're dead. That's not their name. That's what someone gave them when they were here in the physical world. So I do get a little bit of an ass about that when people say, well, I want a name and I would need a name of this. I'm like, well, then go find someone else to pay something yeah. for you and, and we'll go a, there.
0: Names are a, Earth it's an afterthought. Human thing.
2: Oh, well, it's funny though, because I literally it's a had physical a world thing for sure. It's not, mm-hmm. I had a reading
1: with a woman a couple of weeks ago and it's over zoom as you all maybe know. And she didn't turn on her camera, which I thought was a little interesting because it's It's kind of, I mean, for me, it was a little rude because I'm thinking the reason she's not turning on her camera is not because she doesn't want me to know what she looks like. It's because she doesn't want me ugly. It's because she doesn't want me to get information from her from looking at her. I feel like people just think that I should know everything because I'm like some sort
2: of magician type act. And they're like, you can't see what I look like. You're good at reading body language or testing thing. I love when people test me when people test you. And I remember that reading because I walked in about halfway through it. It was an excellent reading. And here's what's really cool. Whenever people think or they try to test you, I love that. Because spirit comes in and gives what I call them, and we've talked about it, a good spiritual spanking. Whack. You want to test me, that's fine. I don't care. I'm just here to do my job. My ego's on the shelf. That's where I'm going to leave it. And, yeah, it's I, I love that. Like, we talked about um, my reading with that. We talked about that? Yeah. When I went and all those women were there. Yeah. And the vascular okay. surgeon. All those women in that room were all Reiki masters. Lots of energy, lots of ego, lots of everything. And when I was in there, they were all sick for like a week. Like body aches, flu-like symptoms because they put their energy in the wrong place. And they went against me. And that energy, I actually sucked their energy out of them because they did not know how to protect themselves. They were there to try to trick me. And spirit said, huh, you want to try to trick the medium? We're going to suck your energy out of you and make you sick.
0: But they all got the best readings of their lives. But anyways, they did. But that was... Also, one of our last podcasts, if you wanted to check that out.
2: I don't know if she actually
1: talked about that one in the last podcast, did she?
0: Was that the party with the woman that was trying to trick her with... um no. No, it's a different story. She's the it's one who story. came
2: to me and said she wouldn't, didn't want to sit next to me and didn't want to be read and just to ignore her. And everybody kept rearranging uh, all my stuff and I ended up sitting next to her anyway. We can talk about that one, a different one. But anyways, okay. with my reading, this woman wouldn't turn <laughs> on her camera.
1: And she literally told me, I have a secret special phrase that I told the soul that I want to talk to that. Oh, for fuck's we'll, sake. You'll, he's, they're supposed, he... She said, they're supposed to make you say it. And then I'll know that you're real. And I was like, okay. And as soon as she said that, the spirit that came in and talked to her was like, you want to play charades? I'm going to play charades. And Excellent. he started playing back to her. And I'm like, oh my God. Now I have two people that are just giving me like dumb image Stupidness. charades. Yes. And, and I have to the no point- idea what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. So finally, this, this male spirit showed me the cheesiest movie scenario, of the guy who is in the star of singing in the rain in that quintessential singing in the rain thing like with the umbrella and everything and I said I'm sorry I don't know what this means but the spirit the spirit that's talking to me is showing me the scene from singing in the rain where he's singing like literally in the rain and she goes okay I know that you're real now because the spirit that I want to talk to, his name is Gene, like, yeah, and now it's five hundred dollars. Thank you for my reading. His <laughs> name is Gene, and the character in the movie's name is Gene too.
2: Dear God! Oh, is, is it?
1: I thought it was fetish chair. I guess the Maybe character's name, name Jean. is Gene. Okay. But anyways, I was like, okay, well, now that you guys are done playing charades with each other, can we move on?
0: <laughs> can we have information that's less confusing to me? <laughs>
1: yeah, it was pretty funny. They just were like. Being dumb. Anyways, so tell us about this scary man. <laughs> We've gone on three tangents.
2: I think four,
0: maybe five. Scary man in mansion, goal. Um, <laughs> blank. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: we walked into the parlor. She opened the doors. And as soon as she opened the doors, this very cold gust of wind, like literally cold gust of wind, came straight at me. And it was a good 20 degrees less than the rest of the house. Disgusting. Oh. Uh. And they were packing up. She was getting ready to sell the house and there was a form, I guess you call it. One of those things, it was an antique one to it, and it was all cast iron. So it was heavy. Um, the wire form, like a like a woman's shape that you would try dresses on to you know, to make dresses and whatever, pants, coats, shirts, whatever.
0: Right.
2: And so it was sitting there and it was empty. But like I said, it was old. I mean it was cast iron, it was heavy, it had a big, huge like filigree base on it. And the minute I walked in I backed back out, and she was walking into the room with her back turned. And then I got Ooh, in,
0: wait, felt that. Is this the story? Liv told me a story where there was a room that she went into and was like, "This is where all the activity is." And you were like, "I don't want to go yes. in there because the man yes. says I shouldn't yes. go in there."
2: Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, you I like talk- that you remember the story, right? and I literally it was mean- an awesome story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I literally
2: have no idea what my mother's talking about. So I went in. Maybe five, six feet. And I just... I stopped and I backed up. And that's when the entity got very strong. And he made it very clear to me that he was one pissed off son of a bitch. And she kept walking. She goes, so this is the room. And I was like, boom. I was already back out into the main living room and out of that parlor room. And because to the right of me was this form, this cast iron form. And she spun around. She goes, what are you doing? I said, what the hell are you doing? She goes, what do you mean? I said, why are you in his room? And that just came out of my mouth without even really thinking about it. She goes... It is a guy, isn't it? I said, you lured me here on purpose. I said, son of a bitch. I said, I remember you from two years ago now. I said, what are you doing? And she's like, I need help. This guy's been here, and I know it's a guy. I've done the research on the house. I said, well, then if you know who it is, why do you have me here? I said, get some sage, put it in a pot, burn it if you believe in that shit, and have it. Go for it. Get some feathers, flutter it around. Whatever the fuck makes you feel better. Burn some incense. I don't know. I don't. I am not doing this. She goes, but I need you. You're really good. I've heard other people. I said, but I've never cleansed the house, and nor do I want to. She goes, but I just know that you're the person who can fix this. I'm like, God bless America. So at that point, I'm like, mm, okay. So now I got to be mean because this guy's super mean. So when you get somebody who's a, a five out of five pushing six, you have to become an eight. You have to be overpowering to them in order to take control of the reading. And if you don't, as a medium, you're in big trouble. You better know. And you better understand how to be super severe with this person more so than they are so that you can have a viable conversation because the point of it all unbeknownst to a lot of the social crap out there is not to stir the proverbial pot and conjure up all these people. You want to piss off some people that you can't look or see or find? Let me tell you what, that's the way to do it. Bagel bites. Nobody knows that except for a select few. I'm just going to say bagel bites. It's bad. And so you have to be very careful because you have to understand still, like, and I'll say this again, I'll keep saying it. These people these spirits, these entities, whatever you want to call them, ghosts, it's not one of my favorite words, it's actually my least favorite word, is they're here for a reason. They're trying to get your attention for a reason. People need to shut up and listen. It's hard, but you have to try to listen. For whatever reason, my daughter and I are able to do that, like other mediums um, that, that have the right approach about how this all works and why it works, and so I had to bring up my energy Way over his. I mean way over his. Because he was out to cause issues. Understand that he wasn't causing issues. I can't see that without my glasses. My daughter is showing We got something.
1: a reading. Oh. I've been asking my spirit guides. Because I didn't have a reading all week last week. To send me some more readings. Because I really want to have this as a business. And we've gotten three readings since I've been asking them.
2: Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Oh my so I brought my energies up. Um or down, depending on how you look at it, so that I could overpower this person just enough to let them know, you know what, you've been waiting a long damn ass time to talk to somebody and get your side of the story out, whatever the hell that is, because at that point, I really didn't even know either. And so if you want me to get your side of the story out, you need to stop being an asshole and be respectful well what his job was is he told me I said I said she goes why aren't you in here I said let me ask you a question hon how many times does that form come across this room she goes oh it comes across the room on a weekly basis oh my god it moves oh yeah it moves <laughs> uh, yes. I mean like across the room like 10 feet across the room dear god It's heavy, too. I said, well, "Well, I'm going to tell you what. I said, I'm going to tell you what. Not only that, but that mirror has fallen a couple times. Boxes have been thrown around. She goes, oh, all the time. I'm like, how are you living like this? She goes, that's why you're here. I said, that's when I got nasty because I could feel this guy's energy building up. And the room kept getting colder. So in my mind.
0: Probably getting angry at the woman.
2: In my mind, what I do when I talk to spirits like that, I tell them mentally what I want them to do. And I also say it out loud. That's just something that I learned a long time ago that I can do. Yeah. So as I'm like right now, I could say, you know, I said to him, I said to her, I said, he's going to bring this room back up to temperature because he was sucking the heat. That's why he picked that room because there was so much energy because of the light. And that's warmth and that's power and that's force. And so... I, I told her, I told him, I said, you will bring this wound back up to temperature and you will knock it off or I'm the fuck out of here. And she's like, why are you talking to me that way? And I said, I'm letting him know, but I want him to say it out loud, but I'm also saying it to him mentally. I said, or I'm not talking to him. I don't have to. I don't give a shit. He could stay here for another fucking 60 years and suffer.
1: Honestly, when I speak out loud to spirits, because we don't necessarily need to speak out loud to spirits, it's more of a power thing for us. It helps us feel better.
2: Right? Um, I wouldn't say that it's a power thing. Um, it, it, just, it makes just makes my you way of feel better. control of the situation.
0: Yeah. It's, it's my way an of. In association with a physical thing because you're a physical being. Yes. Right. Thank
1: you. Thanks for making me understand what I wanted to say yeah. better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I, yep, yeah, I just made it very clear to him that he was not going to continue with his bullshit behavior. He was not going to throw anything across the room, knock anything down, drop things off the wall, and he was going to bring the temperature of the room back up. And she did confirm for me that the temperature of that room was always at least 15 to 20 degrees colder than the rest of the house, sometimes more. It got to the point where there would be frost on the windows awesome. in just that room in during in the middle of a sunny day. <laughs> yes. So there was other areas of the house that he also ventured into and would pick on his daughters or her daughters or whatever. Understand this. He was doing this to try to get them to listen, to try to get someone to pay attention. So now that I was there, I had the upper hand. That's very important to remember. He needed me more than I needed him. In fact, I didn't need him one single solitary bit. So once I made that very clear to him, then I had control and I was able to do a reading and I was able to talk to him and explain to her what the hell was going on. Because at that point, I myself didn't even know. It and I was a little bit curious
1: because he's just acting out You're really like, quit being a giant four year old that's been here for like 100 years
2: and just calm down. So I once he warmed up the room, I went into it. And once I went into the room. He had established that room, honestly, as his safe place. His energy came way down. He was respectable. He was kind. And then he became very sullen and he became very damaged. He showed me things that happened to him as a child. He was, so if you're not a really thick-skinned person, you might want to not listen to all of this because I'm going to give the nitty-gritty. So, As a small boy, now I'm talking like in the 1850s, 1860s, he was abused by family members, specifically uncles. And it was um, sexual abuse against him. He was between the ages of 6 and 10 approximately. When they were done abusing him, they would put him in a bucket, and they would drop him into a well that was on the property where he grew up. You are like blowing my mind
1: because... When you started talking about this, I saw, like,
2: him being put into a dark space. Yeah, he was left down there for a long time. At some point. He was freezing and cold and crying. Like,
1: I didn't know if it was before he died, like, someone caught him doing bad things and then punished him by putting him in a dark space. But it's interesting that you're telling me now that he was a child when this happened. And I did see a man, like, a man used to do this
2: there was, I I felt like there was at least three men, two, possibly three men that would be up at the top of the well, looking down on him, telling him what to do and to be quiet and not to tell anybody. Like I said, this went on for a number of years. I don't know at what point that it stopped or ended. He didn't tell me that. And honestly, it just wasn't important. And I was explaining this to the owner of the home at that time. I said, so at a very, very young age, this man was severely abused and horribly disrespected. In a day and age when you didn't say anything because, I mean, they would tell him, we'll, we'll kill you. You know, we'll just take a gun and we'll kill you. You're nothing. You're just a kid. You're nothing. And that's how he grew up, feeling like nothing for his whole life. Now, did people after that treat him that way? I don't know. It doesn't matter. The Point is, this house that he was in was owned by an extremely wealthy man. What's that? Oh, I feel like he ran away, like trains, oh, maybe. like train cars, just bugged out. Is 1850s trains?
1: I think oh yeah, so. oh yeah. Abraham Lincoln. I saw the was Wild Wild West. Yeah. 1817, 1825. Yeah. Sorry, trains. 1865. He was the president. Yeah.
2: So yeah. Um. So he. Um. I mean, he became a man. Obviously, he grew up, and he started working for the man that owned the house that I was talking about and built it. He was a very wealthy man in the neighbor in in the neighborhood in the area. And he owned a lumber yard. And so he, the house that he had, obviously he owned his own lumber mill and it built all the houses and businesses. So he was extremely wealthy, very well known. He was also an asshole. So nobody really liked him, but they couldn't live without him because he ran the lumber mill and he owned it. So if you wanted to build something or construct something, which in those days, everybody was doing, you had to be nice to this guy and he did what he wanted. Um, this guy who was abused as a child that was quote haunting this house, that was this business owner's house. He never lived in it, but that's where this business owner lived. Well, the story goes, cause there are actual stories. Cause I did look them up that the man who owned this house disrespected this man who was still haunting it or who was haunting it. And like horribly embarrassed him in front of some people during the day at one point in time. And told him he was a piece of shit. I mean, in front of the whole lumberyard, in front of all kinds of people at the top of his lungs, put him down really bad, and fired him. Threw him off the property. And like Liv was saying, I feel like this guy was always kind of a vagabond. He kind of went from one place to the other, really didn't have anywhere to call home. Um, Very depressed, Very, just very hollow, sad man. And that went on for his whole life of decades of time. And then so when this guy, this big fancy-smancy pants... He comes along and humiliates him in front of pretty much as this man feels the last place he can possibly go and try to have a life and then fires him. So now he's got no respect. He's got no job. He's not going to have any money. Now, where is he going to go now? I'll tell you where he went. He went and got a gun. And came back the next day, boom, sawed off shotgun straight to the chest. Walked right up to him, called him out of his office. He said, what the hell are you doing here? And they had a little shootout at the not-so-okay corral. And he literally point-blank shot him in the chest and killed him right there in front of everybody. Truth be told, nobody really cared. They were like, oh, shoot, they shot him. Oh, well, hmm, too bad. Old, Old crabby man that no one liked is gone. And this guy apparently just dropped the rifle and he said, I'm leaving. He did. He just walked away. They did go after him. They did file charges on him. He served a little bit of time in jail, but not much. It was kind of funny because, and when I looked it up in the papers and I did find articles about it, like not a lot of really bad things happened. to this guy for point blank blowing this guy's heart clean out of his shoulder. Right. So he ended up just kind of leaving town and that was pretty much all I heard of the article. Now, years later in the early 1900s, this guy already had this house built. He died and his body was laid out in the house. Word has it, rumor had it, that this guy showed up at his funeral. I'm sorry. I take that back. The guy that he shot, the guy that shot him, he came to the house. They had the funeral right there in the house in that little alcove that I was talking about. They had him laid out in his house. The guy who shot him showed up. (laughs) A couple weeks later, they're like, hey, there's that guy. And then they finally went and got him, and they put him in jail for But it was a very short period of time. I'm thinking it was maybe a few weeks. That's ballsy. And then he just got out, and he kind of left town. But now that he had died... Interestingly enough, where does he settle? Instead of going to heaven, he settles in the guy that he shot's house. Well, yeah. Makes sense to me. Guess why?
0: We're waiting. Why? If
2: he crosses over now that he's died, who might he possibly run into? The guy that he shot? He murdered, yeah. So? So they stay here. Well... Because nobody understood why he did that. And in his mind, he needed to explain to somebody what had happened to him as a child now is being molested as a child a reason to go out and kill somebody absolutely not however
1: well it it's explains, just a tipping point for oh, him it
2: explains a lot of things he finally just had it and he snapped and i've always said from the very beginning there's seven deadly sins right and there's seven virtues right yeah most people when i used to give large lectures most people can name the seven deadly sins I mean, you get a room full of 150 people like I had, and within about five minutes, they got them. They're all there. This is what the seven deadly sins are. This, And I'll say, okay, what are the seven virtues? And like, you can hear crickets in the room. Well, yeah, because everyone's taught
1: the bad things, so that they can go to the good place, but they don't care about doing the good well, things negative, to just be
2: good people. We're negative people overall. We, well, we, we also learn well, through I negative can't do that. things. Yeah, I can't do that because it won't work out, or I want to make this much money, but I'm never going to be able to. Because we find ways of talking ourselves out of something. We have a negative viewpoint. So, interestingly enough, whenever I ask people what the seven virtues are, they always say love. Somehow in there, they put kind. They put um, um patience. Because patience is a virtue. People always know the patience one. And then they always put love in there. And did, love did not make the list. It's not on there. Kindness is. So this guy didn't want to go over to the other side. Because if he did, he'd have to see this guy that he murdered. So he stays here. How do I get people to understand what happened to me? How do I get people to know why I did what I did? And it was just simply because he just couldn't handle one more person being unkind. That's what it was. It was just unkindness. And he was in search of that. Aren't we all in search of that? Yeah. You can go to the store and open the door for somebody and they can walk right through and be like, hey, nice to see you. Screw you. Bye. And you're like, huh, fool them. I still feel good. I opened the door for them. Perfect stranger. Now, Conversely, you can open the door for that same person or for another person and they walk through and they tell you, thank you, all thanks. Now you're over the moon, over a complete stranger. You don't even know them. But you open the door and they feel good and they said thank you and now you feel good. And you want to run and open the door again for them. But if they don't open, if they don't say thank you, I guess walk through the door, walk in it, you know, break your nose, whatever. No. It's not about love. And if you love someone but they don't love you back, you're miserable. Absolutely miserable. But if you're kind to someone and they're not kind back, you still feel good because you did something that was kind. On the other side, people, kindness is huge. It's gargantuan. It's monumental. It is ginormous beyond ginormousness. Kindness goes a long way. This guy just wanted people to know that he was a kind person, but no one was ever kind to him. Be kind, people. It comes back to you.
1: Yeah, so it makes sense that he stayed at that house because the guy's not there anymore. And and she was
2: a very kind person, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And he managed to get her to get me to come there. As pissed off as I was, Mm -hmm. I'm still a medium. That's my job. It's to help people cross over. It's to help people settle a score or tell a story. That's what it's all about. We help both people that are here in the physical world. And sometimes our job is to help the people on the other side too via the people who are here. But sometimes people don't want help either. Right. (laughs) Or they don't
1: want to talk to me. I had a reading last week where this. I talked to two different people, but they were related. And they both had one man come in for both of them, the same man. But he didn't really want to talk to me, especially in the first one. But the second reading, I was talking to his daughter. And that's when he actually decided to come in. But his daughter. Do you feel like maybe
2: they. I just want to interrupt. Do you feel like maybe they were asking him to tell them stuff that they just have to figure out for themselves? And that's why he was quiet?
1: No. He. Honestly, just didn't have anything to say about what was going on for him. In life, he was a very not callous, but he was very cheeky and he was very overconfident in who he was. And he didn't honestly feel for me that I could do anything for him or the people I was talking to, even though those people wanted to talk to him. And it wasn't until I actually spoke to his direct daughter and she showed me a picture of him and he looked exactly how I was describing to her. And she started poking fun at him that I can't he can't stand
2: pictures. I'm kudos yep, off to you. Yep.
1: He did not want her to show a picture. And he literally was like, Well, now why you got to show her a picture of me? Because she forced him to come into the conversation. Because at first, no matter how much I ask him to come to the conversation, he's not going to participate unless he wants to. But she literally brought in a picture. And then he was like, Okay, now I have to talk. And he kind of opened up a little bit too, because The first time I talked to this woman's cousin, he didn't want to talk to me at all. He just argued with another family member um, and didn't have anything really nice to say to me or nice to say in general. But when I talked to his daughter and she started poking fun at him, that's kind of when he warmed up a little bit. So sometimes spirits don't want to talk to you either. I can just be like, okay, well, they're here, but they don't want to talk to me. And I can't do anything about it.
2: Do you have any idea what their religious orientation was?
1: I don't know. See, when I talked to this woman's cousin, I said, I don't think that the people I'm talking to right now would believe in what I do. And they are acknowledging my presence and my understanding of knowing that they're there, but they don't physically want to talk to me. It got to the point where they were arguing to each other, but not talking to me. And I was like, trying to figure out what they were saying while they were arguing in my head to the woman in front of me. And it wasn't until this man, this, the older woman that this man was arguing with, Uh, got a little fed up that the older woman he was arguing with in spirit, I'm sorry, this is confusing, was like, you're not helpful. And like told him to get lost. Basically, he threw up his hands. He threw up his hands, stumbled out of my little mental medium area space. And she came over and she literally
2: bubble. I call that.
1: She literally pointed at me and said, since you're here, I may as well as use you. It's literally what she said. And then started rattling off all the things. And I was like, thank you for at
2: least talking to me. I was literally getting like, third person with spirit we should have a show and talk about lives signs and symbols and my signs and symbols oh my signs and symbols are changing yeah well i would love that that'll be another another podcast
0: because you just got one with the uh the The bench. yes
1: (laughs) i know when my clients are going to be late to the reading because i i Five minutes before the reading, I kind of lay down my walls and I'm like, okay, who's ready? Who's going to come? I'm step always the forward? one who's late. <laughs> I'm like, who's going to step forward to talk to this person? And sometimes people will come forward and they'll start giving me a little bit of information. I'm like, okay, great. This is enough to, you know, validate who you are before I start the reading. But I know when my clients are going to be late now, because after talking with their family souls or whoever wants to talk to them for about five minutes, they will sit down on a park bench. Every single time, past four readings, people I've had clients that are late. That's they cool. Sit on a park bench, and I've just noticed the trend. It's
2: so weird. Yeah, I'm always the one who's usually late. All right, now
1: we got to talk about Nurse Ratchet, or do you want to save that <sighs> for a next podcast? What hey, do you think, Em? Hmm? We're at an hour.
0: We're gonna have to. We do, can do another
1: time. Paranormal stories of a medium, part three. <laughs> it's a three-parter.
0: Um, it's just a series on our channel.
1: Yeah. And we're going to have even more stories because Em and I are going to talk to plants. I'm going to have some more readings since all of y'all are being so great and booking readings and mom's going to talk about Nurse
0: ratchet. If you're interested in a reading, make sure to go to our website, metapsychics.com and book your reading today. Yeah. Emily
1: literally set up a nice little easy button for you guys on her homepage that says schedule a reading or book a reading. I think it's blue. What is it? It's pink. I'm dumb. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's our colors, is it not? <laughs> it is. What are the
2: colors? I don't even know what the colors are. It's
0: pink, gray, and black, and maybe white. I don't know. It's cool. It's pop Is that, is that
2: like A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y? Yeah,
0: because <laughs> color is an illusion.
2: Or is that separation?
0: Well, color is also an illusion. <laughs> it's an interpretation of vibrations. So technically, it's not real.
1: Also, you guys have been great, but you need to send in your spooky stories, we have oogles and oogles of spooky stories, but we want to know your spooky stories, so send them in to us on our website. I don't think I can handle that. What? You don't want to be here when we read spooky stories of other people's things?
0: Oh, my God. It would be even better because Liv can be a medium and actually know what's happening. It's, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Implying that you don't usually know what's happening. No, there's there's someone that does uh, this on their podcast where they do listener stories, but they're not medium, so they just tell the story, but Liv can be like telling the story and being like, well... It's yeah, happening I because gotcha. there's ghosts.
1: Oh, there's this one podcast that, I, well, it's the only podcast I listen to. And I've already made two asides to them in our YouTube video today and now this podcast. But the one girl's new house is haunted. And she literally talks about this thing that's
2: on her stairs. So it's an old house, but it's haunted. But it's new to her. It's new to her, yeah.
1: I'm sorry. But it's old. <laughs> and she talks about this thing that lives on her stairs. And it's 100% like a little trickster thing. That looks like a little ball of light. And she talks about it. And I just want to be like, you have a thing that lives in your stairs. You're you're right. And by the way, we have
2: all kinds of fun stuff that we can talk about. I do. Things. I'm older. I've been doing this longer. I, have I know. Shit to
0: tell. And you also <laughs> have been doing it as a profession. So you've talked to a lot of people. I have. So, yeah, It <laughs> doesn't had. matter if you're older or not. You talk to people where Liv just started so, doing remind
2: that. me, I had reading on my radio show one time. So, remind me about the Lady Carol and the barn fire.
1: Okay. Not Carol.
2: bonfire, barn house fire. All right.
1: So, in paranormal stories of a medium, number three, as Emily starts writing things down on paper, because we're all going to forget. <laughs> we're going to talk
2: about Nurse Ratchet. I'll probably forget. And too. Oh God,
1: Carol Barn. Yeah, I like that her. That was very scary. I have respect for her, though.
2: I mean, I have respect for her too, but mm. well
1: yeah, it's scary, not everyone has to be that was a
2: um just to give a little a little uh, tease a little tease don't be such a tease
1: the lady who shows you her shoes <laughs> who showed me shoes? you said that there was an eighteen fifties lady that pulled up her
0: skirts and showed me oh, your you you know shoes that was? that's a tease wait we literally hold on. just talked about it. What I need to mean? step away from the
1: <laughs> microphone that was. Oh, okay. You don't have to make faces like that. I know who you're talking about. Right. I have to (sighs) because
2: I don't need that type of negativity in Are you eating my chocolate woman? She's Mm -hmm. eating my Reese's peanut butter cups. Unwrapped minis. Right?
0: (laughs) If you guys are interested in that content, (laughs) make sure to check us out next week. And we will have more scary stories for you however while you guys wait check out the rest of our podcast we also have a youtube channel check out our videos we'll have a video that goes with this one that tells different stories so make sure you check out that we'll see you guys in the next one we are your meta psychics oh wow